0: about what the outside world thinks, it's about what does, you know, what do you have in that room and the best man wins and you give everybody a shot at it. The outside world doesn't see the summer workout on a Monday morning. They don't see that progress, but, but we as coaches do. Well, regardless of what the outside world thinks, we, we believe a lot in our defense.
1: Welcome back to the Outside World, the Athletics OU Football Podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. Uh, the NFL Draft uh, beginning Thursday night. In uh, Well, online because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, But in order to preview that, there's several OU guys who are uh, projected to be drafted, a couple even in the first round. And I wanted to talk to my colleague and friend, Bruce Feldman, uh, about all these guys and, and sort of break down... Uh, what he, what we think uh, NFL teams are getting with these guys and all those kinds of things. So, Bruce, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, Jason. Good to be on with you, and uh, it's good to have some football activity to uh, to kind of lose ourselves in for a little while.
1: Totally. I don't know what we're gonna do next week, but this week we're set. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So let, let's start with Jalen Hurts, just because I think he's the he's he's I I think one of the more unique. Uh, stories in college football history given what he was able to do at two different schools there's all these questions about his passing skills and and I think that those issues remain even if he put up big numbers last year I think there were a lot of moments when you sort of saw some of those issues still exist especially when it came to CeeDee Lamb but from your perspective I mean where do you see Jalen Hurts fitting in do you think that he is a viable NFL quarterback
0: I think he may be down the road. I think he is going to have to—you know, they're all, to some degree, work-in-progress guys, but I think in terms of how his game translates, here's the things that I've heard from NFL scouts and NFL coaches is—and this was a concern with him at Alabama, and it was—it's still a concern with him if you look at what he did at Oklahoma, as successful as he was—the stuff that the NFL worries about is, does he anticipate well, does he hold on to the ball too long? And the windows are way, way tighter and smaller in the NFL than they certainly are in college football and in the Big 12. And so I think that is a real concern. Uh, He's got an NFL arm. He's got good size. You love his character and his toughness. He certainly can do things in the run game. And I think that it does bode well that we've seen guys who are more athletic quarterbacks, who are more involved in the run game, uh, having success. But I think those guys are a little further along as passers than, than Jalen is, at least at this point. So, you know, I mean, look, I think it's a positive in his favor that he went from Alabama to Oklahoma and he picked up another offense pretty quickly and and, and all those other things that went into the transition. So I think those, those are good. Um, the comparison I got from at least one NFL scout that I talked to late last season was that guy— told me that he thought jalen hurts was reminded him of of Taysom hill who you know has had an impact with the saints but he's not the starting quarterback you know he's really kind of a a dual threat guy in the truest sense of that and now maybe maybe jalen will continue to blossom and pick up those things but right now i think there's a there's a big gap between jalen and certainly the, the the guys who i think are the top two quarterbacks in this draft and that's and that's uh, Joe Burrow and, and obviously Tua Tagovailoa.
1: Given that he did, I mean, those issues still exist, but coming to Oklahoma as opposed to maybe going somewhere else, I mean, do you get the sense that there's a feeling out there that he is much further along because of his time with Lincoln Riley? I
0: don't know about much further, because I think those are still some of the same issues. You know, he was super productive, and I think – it. it if anything else, I mean, look, Lincoln's a really good play caller, and they have a really, really, uh, really smart offensive system they run in OU. But I'm not sure. Like to me, this isn't this wasn't Kyler Murray or Baker. Now, to to Jalen's credit, he didn't have the incubation time of of sitting for a season and kind of learning the system, learning his teammates. But I just think he. Uh, didn't throw with the anticipation those guys did he h- holds the ball longer i think he just plays a little bit differently than those guys those guys did and so um and there, there's other guys who's like you, you know people can look and say well pat mahomes wasn't a traditional quarterback coming out of texas tech pat mahomes to me is like a completely different animal than a lot of other guys coming into the nfl just because his his arm talent is so rare uh jalen's got a good arm but it's not like I don't think relative it's, it's, you know, I don't even think people would put it in the class of, of certainly what Justin Herbert has or some of these other guys who were there um, in this draft. But I think it's going to be really fascinating to see who takes him, and not only what do they try to, you know, how he can help them right away, but where they envision him in a couple of years and if he can get there.
1: Moving, staying on the offensive side of the ball, CD Lamb is the guy that that is probably going to go first for OU. Definitely going to go first for OU. Um, you've written a little bit about CD, but uh, you know, in a, in a wide receiver class that is considered to be maybe one of the deepest in a long time, CD uh, is is among the elite of those. I mean, what are you hearing about him, and, and what teams see for him? Because from my perspective, as just someone who covered him closely, I don't really know what weaknesses there are in his game because he seems to be able to do everything.
0: Yeah, and that's just it. I mean, I know the the guys who coach him really well at OU, and they've been raving about him from the time he got there. And I, it's, it's funny, is it like I I didn't think of it at the time, but our TV crew actually did his first game, and it was a UTEP game, and he caught a touchdown pass, and he got blasted in it, and he still made the play and then came away thinking, hey, I'm not a freshman anymore. you know um, the thing with him, and this is not a negative, but like sometimes when you hear about guys who would be top 10 picks, they have some uh, amazing physical trait. you know whether they're Calvin Johnson size, but they're still you know either much bigger or they're gonna run 4 three1 or something crazy. CD lamb has good size but certainly not great size. He has pretty good speed but definitely not great speed. But the things that separate him are he has this ability where he is such a conscientious, tireless worker, competitive guy. Um, one of the more interesting things I ever heard about him came from, from Ruffin McNeil, who's a defensive coach there, and talked about how he was the, the toughest player at practice and came to work every day the way he did. And that was kind of a tone setter for them. I and mean, you usually don't hear that kind of stuff about receivers, you know, which is typically got like this diva quality you know when you hear it and just the more people you talk to about him about how high his football IQ is and just how good he is after the catch and how uh, you know just his ball skills are so good and you see the after the catch part certainly I ran into a special teams coordinator who's now in the NFL and he was like the guy from OU is the best return guy in this draft and sometimes you think of return guys would be like smaller guys or guys you know with this crazy speed and he's really not that guy but he's just super productive and to me i think it's as you said really good receivers draft i think he's the safest pick in the draft because if you told me cd lamb didn't turn out to be a guy who went to pro bowls i'd be like unless he got really hurt i don't know what happened and I think C.D. Lamb is the guy where I don't care what system he goes into. He's going to go in and he's going to produce. You can't say that about everybody. So I think he's the easiest one to to ID. I'll be, very, I'll be stunned if he doesn't go to a bunch of pro bowls.
1: It's interesting that, that you were told that he, he's such a great returner because we didn't really see that at OU. I mean, he, he was back there as the punt returner. But it, it's almost like at OU, the point of punt returning is just get a guy back there who can catch the ball, and then the offense is going to score anyway. So maybe he just didn't get the chance to really show that as much because that's not one of the first things I would think of when it comes to CD just because he didn't really do it that much.
0: Yeah, I, I, there was a, a coach who's a special teams coordinator in the NFL, and he was a college coach for a while, and I ran into him in you know, those sky bridges at the, in Indy. And we got to talking a little bit and C D Lamb was the first name or the OU receiver, you know, was the first name that came to him and just thought he just has a great feel for for in space. And I think you see elements of that certainly with him in the run after catch. Um, but I think probably what you said has some has a lot of merit to it, just because look, nobody's had an offense for the last three years quite like Oklahoma. I mean, they have just gutted the rest of the Big Twelve, so you know, it's especially when you have the quarterbacks they've had. So that stands to reason, just let's get the ball and we're going to do our damage anyway.
1: Moving to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, given how bad OU was on defense in 17 and 18, well, 16, 17, and 18, really, especially 18, I mean, the fact that they're going to have, you know, last year they had no defensive players drafted. It was the first time since, like, the uh, John Blake years that, that that actually had happened where they had no defensive players drafted. And this year we're talking about uh, Kenneth Murray and Neville Gallimore, especially um, as being guys that, that Kenneth Murray is, is projected as a first round pick. Neville Gallimore is going to be uh, pro, you know, probably in the top three rounds. I mean, do you think that that's more the result of these guys, individual talent, or do you think Alex Grinch, uh, that's this is another sign of what Alex Grinch has done because I know how how familiar you are with Alex Grinch.
0: Yeah, I, I think Alex is a terrific coach, but I really think that is a function of you have two super freak athletes. Who, especially in the case of Gallimore, I just think his athleticism. I, I think that whoever takes him is looking, saying, "This guy has a lot of his best football left because he's just too freaky not to not to uh, try to get some of that out of him." Whereas, you know, Kenneth Murray, I remember I uh, was on a flight and sat next to an NFL scout late in the year, and we we talked, and it was somebody who I knew pretty well, and he was saying, you know, Kenneth Murray, to him, had first round written all over him because was just so athletic. And now there was some stuff that this person said needs to be cleaned up, like sometimes uh, you know, he, he may go into the wrong places and may misread things a little bit because he's just going and going, but loved him. And I was just thinking, I was like, wow, you could have a potential top 10 pick off this defense, which the defense got better, but it was certainly, you know, lacking for most of his career there. And again, you have two guys in the front seven. Let's say Neville, I don't think he's going to go in the top 50, but you have one guy who's a first rounder another guy who's who's, probably a second rounder and maybe a third rounder um in the you know in your front seven and just and it wasn't like and you know Ronnie Perkins is a really good player he's obviously not you know a guy we're going to talk about now but they had some players it's just I think really what has hurt them so much was they've been so bad on the back end that you know it's hard to overcome some of that especially when you are facing really good offenses with with really good skill guys. And I think that was a bad combination for OU for a long time. But, um, you know, I definitely think those, you know, Kenneth Murray, I think, the, both of them have so much athleticism, I just think it's hard for the NFL to pass up when you couple that with, it's not like those guys have character flaws or people are like, oh, there's some off-field stuff we're worried about. That's not those guys. So you take that athleticism with with people you feel like, all right, these are guys who are coachable and good citizens. They're going to roll the dice with those guys.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about Kenneth Murray that to me is so fascinating. This is a guy who... Has looked like a Greek god since he was 18 years old. I mean, he's always looked the part of star linebacker. Uh, but, and then he would also put up these crazy tackle numbers. I mean, against Army at 28 tackles last year, uh, he's been the team's leading tackler, all those kinds of things. And he's a model citizen, like you said. I mean, this guy you know, drove past someone he saw struggling and gave him CPR and saved their life with no fanfare. I mean, he's almost too good to be true in terms of the way that he is as a guy. And then you look at the numbers, but there was always just this thing that, you know, I think if you ask any of us who cover OU full time, it's like, really, this guy's a first round pick. And last year he was better, but I'm even still having a little bit of a hard time, even now wrapping my head around Kenneth Murray, first round draft pick. And I don't know why that is. But, you know, maybe it's just because I've been around it too much as they were so bad.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is that athleticism is pretty eye-popping. You know, and I think that's a hard thing for when you take somebody, again, and, and like you said, you mentioned some of the some of the character traits about him. Those stood out. But you're talking about a guy, I mean, again, I don't think this is a really good linebacker draft to begin with, but you're talking about a guy who's 6'2", 240-plus, vertical-jumped, what almost 40 inches you know broad jumps almost 11 feet or whatever it is 10 uh I guess it's ten nine. I mean that's elite athleticism so I think that's enticing for them you know and look uh I think some of it could be attributed to hey they're really lacking on the back end some of these guys are probably conditioned to trying to do too much and I think that probably can can be also a factor and and um look it's not like the I, the Big 12 has had phenomenal defensive players around there it's not just an Oklahoma thing i think it's across it's largely across the board in that league
1: for sure come you know coming back to Gallimore for for a moment um you know you had him he was number 2 on your freaks list right last last summer
0: Yeah those i mean the numbers I, you know are, are are insane he puts up
1: that that's the thing is you know uh you know he, he what about him makes him such a freak, would you say? I mean, based on the conversations you have. And, I mean, putting him that high is, is pretty, pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah, I think it's just the explosiveness to have in a guy. Um, you know, I remember early on we would talk about him where it was like, hey, he grew up playing a bunch of different sports in Canada. And I think that caught people's attention. But When you have a guy who's 305 pounds and runs in the four sevens, that's largely unheard of. And from talking to the people I know who, who, you know, the coaches at Oklahoma, he's been a guy who's been in the 4.7s. And to be 300, at one point he was like 20 pounds heavier than that and doing crazy stuff. So I think just that alone, that's going to get you looked at, especially when you played quite a bit of football. You know, I I remember, um, I think I talked to Creed Humphrey before the season, and they had played... Uh, Alabama he had seen Quinnen Williams and going you know this is coming out of uh the draft last year so it wasn't you know it it wasn't like Quinnen Williams already played for the Jets but Quinnen Williams was he was the man I mean he just dominated the SEC in 2018 and so I asked him about about Neville you know because certainly Neville the Quinnen Williams tested great at the combine too but he had the film to show for it from what he did in the SEC last year Whereas Neville, um, and he ta- you know, Creed talked about just his first step explosiveness, and said it reminded him of of Quinnen Williams, which is high praise because I think if you had asked a lot of people, um, he certainly didn't have the production there. Now he wasn't surrounded by the players that Alabama had either, but I, I think there's a I, it's hard to say boom or bust on a guy when he's probably going to be a you know a third round pick, but. I'm very interested to see what he becomes in the NFL because there are some guys whose numbers, measurables are so eye-popping and yet for whatever reason, whether they're not that instinctive or they just have a hard time finding the football, I mean, sometimes you can be really explosive without and still be a little stiff and maybe don't have great change of direction. I mean, there's a lot of components that go into uh, the production part of it and we'll see if that can get you know they can tap more out of him than probably has been uh, has been gotten. I mean, he certainly was a good fo- football player. It's just you know some of that some of those num- numbers indicate he should be a dominant guy, and that didn't feel like it was the case in, in in Norman.
1: Yeah, I think that's. Similar to how I felt about him, it, when he signed with OU, you know, a top hundred recruit and all the measurables, I I sort of expected him. I I guess the sense has been that he may be underachieved throughout most of his OU career. I don't know how fair that is because, like you said, there were there were major problems on the back end uh, as well. But um, Bruce, before before we let you go, is there anybody else uh, OU? I mean, we've talked kind of about the big four guys, but is there anybody else you're sort of intrigued to see how they translate to the NFL? I think Parnell Mot as a guy people are sort of interested in. But I'm wondering if there are any other guys that, that are intriguing to you about OU that may not be top-tier draft guys.
0: You know, those really, Gallimore is the most interesting one to me uh, because of what, what we talked about before. Beyond that, I'm not sure there's anyone that really, you know, not to that degree, you know, I think you're talking about guys who might be free agents, like, oh, I could see some of these guys sticking around because they played good football in college at a high level. But just in terms of the ones where I'm like, okay, this is a guy who's been on my radar for, for two plus years. What's it going to look like in the NFL? He should be a factor. And that's, that's the part where I don't think, you know, it, just uh, looking at, at Motley, where, okay, he's seen really good receivers every day since he's been there, you know, at practice. He's seen really good quarterbacks every day since he's been there. Um, could he be undervalued because uh, because of that? Um, you know, he had a, a couple of different position coaches, different things. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't all surprise me if he was a guy who stayed around the NFL for seven, eight years either? Um, but again, you come back and look and go, man, there could be a handful of NFL players who play a long time off of defenses that were really bad statistically. Uh, that might be the case.
1: Yeah, it's been that's kind of been the case with OU for a long time. I feel like I mean they haven't had a first round defensive draft pick since Gerald McCoy, so that's been ten years. Um, but they have had all these guys. Tony Jefferson wasn't drafted, has gone on to a really nice career. Uh, Stacy McGee barely played at OU and ended up getting drafted. So there are those guys uh, out there that that it's sort of interesting to see how they tra- translate. But uh, Bruce, last thing. I just got to ask how you're doing right now. We're all sort of, uh, you know, stuck in our homes. I'm wondering how things are going for you.
0: They're doing all right, thanks. I mean, you know, our kids are are handling it well. They're younger, so it's not like they're missing too much with school. But that's, you know, you're just kind of juggling. I mean, a lot of stuff, which I think, you know, trying to be smart about what you're, you know, how you're handling this. But I just think. You know for a lot of folks, you're you, you know, your kids are home all the time and that's your big priority, and then you're trying to juggle work, and it's like you know, you forgetting what day it is. You know, is this a Saturday? Is this a Tuesday? It all kind of feels the same, you know, and um, so it's one of those things where it's just you're just trying to be smart about it. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest, Jason, I'm not one who's I've you know, kind of learned I'm not going to watch the news on TV because I just don't think right now it's helping my my uh you know helping my day along to to kind of dig into that it's like the better i you know focus on the kids and focus on on my work probably the 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 more productive i am and and i think that's helped you know to be honest you know it's just like one of those things i mean i think i feel like one thing to keep in mind is we are all in this together because i think sometimes if you if you you know watch the news or read too much or look on social media you can feel like we're not all in this together kind of thing and that that doesn't feel good that doesn't help <laughs> i don't think
1: no doubt no doubt about it well bruce hey thank you so much I know you're busy today thanks so much for uh, for hopping on uh, back on the outside world with us really really appreciate your time and hope to talk to you again soon
0: sounds good take care jason thanks
1: And thanks to all of you for listening, as always, uh, to the outside world. Uh, You can get a 90-day free subscription at The Athletic right now. Uh, Hopefully that that can help you uh, during your time of social distancing. We're continuing to put out content we're really proud of, especially uh, this weekend with the NFL Draft coming up. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back uh, soon.